Welcome to Classic Reviews, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for reviewing classic television shows, video games and films. I'm your host Matthew and this is for season 3, episode 3 for Jumping Flash, uh, which is the PlayStation 1 video game, the platformer that uh, we're going to be talking about today and taking a look at today. Now I want to try something uh, a little bit different with this one. I want to watch the gameplay of this game as I talk about it and what I want to also do is because obviously the game has audio as well uh, I want to include the audio I'm going to try and make the audio a little bit quieter so you can still hear it like in the background but still hear me mainly talking Uh, I'll do a little bit of commentary on what I'm sort of seeing and like just just talk about the game in general and uh, everything like that so uh, Jumping Flash is a uh, course of PlayStation 1 game uh, so yeah, it says here Jumping Flash is a first person uh, platformer video game co-developed by Exact and Ultra uh, and published by Sony Computer Entertainment, the first installment in the Jumping Flash series. Um, it was first released for the PlayStation uh, on 28th of April uh, 1995, so I would have just been over a year old at that point. Um, yeah, in 1995 in Japan. And then in September for the same year, the 29th of September 1995 in Europe. Uh, and then again in November 1st, uh, 1995 in North America. So it had three different release dates, which you, you sometimes see that it's not quite as common of a thing uh, that you would normally see. Um, and something that I want to throw into this podcast, uh, I probably I probably would have done it for episode two, because here's the thing. Uh, season 3 episode 2 for classic reviews would have been for Back to the Future 3. I have not yet done that podcast, but this is going to be an easier and a shorter one for me to do because I've already played part of the game and I'm more ready to talk about it, I suppose. Because uh, I can't jump in and talk about Back to the Future 3 yet because I haven't actually watched it yet. But by this time you hear this, uh, the Back to the Future podcast will have come out. Um... But yeah, I thought it was a pretty good game, and um, one of the things, like I said, I want to throw in here, as we're looking at older stuff and more classic stuff and that sort of thing, uh, I want to pose kind of a new question when we're looking at these different products, which is, if you were to make a modern version of one of these things, whether it be Back to the Future, whether it be Jumping Flash, or The Wire, or whatever else, if you were to make a modern version of that particular thing, so the exact same thing, so if if Back to the Future 3 was the exact same film, but made with modern technology, so the cameras would be new, and there would be new sound equipment, all those sorts of things, and how well would that particular thing, um, in this case Jumping Flash, how well would it come across to the public, how well would it do in 2019, um... If it was made as a modern product. I'm not talking about a reboot or a remake. If it was the exact same game. But used with modern technology. And given the product itself. So if we look at specifically Jumping Flash. And what it is. How well would that be received in 2019. I think Jumping Flash would do fairly well. In this situation. Um, There's a couple of things. That you could. um, You would need to perhaps change. Which is, I think that uh, the concept of basically doing this first person platforming thing is something you wouldn't necessarily see these days. You usually see either like a 2D platformer thing 
or like an open world Mario or Crash or Spyro or one of those sorts of 3D uh, platformers or like a ukulele or banjo or whatever whatever you have these days. Um, I think for a first person platformer to come in now, because you have to put aside the fact that let's say you take Jumping Flesh out of 1995, it wasn't released then, this is a new thing coming out in 2019, how well would it do in 2019? Um, I think it'd almost be seen in a way as like uh, either a refreshed concept or like a newish sort of concept and I think it would have a certain level of appeal, there's a few things you'd need to change as well. Uh, in order for this to work in 2019, I think the fact that um, well, let, let me explain how I played this because it will translate to what I'm about to talk about. I played this on the PlayStation Classic, and I used the PlayStation 4 adapter USB so that I could use. It still used fundamentally the same controls as the PlayStation One thing, but just with the PS4 controller, if that makes sense. Um, and one of the things you notice when you start this game up. Uh, or when you jump into the gameplay for this, is that um, you have to use the entire character with just the left stick. Because I remember when I booted it up, and I I think I'd seen this or played this like a few years ago or whatever. I definitely had seen it before. I can't remember how much I played of it. Probably not very much. Uh, again, because I was younger. That's why we, re- re- we are revisiting this. Classic reviews, all that sort of thing. Um... It so basically, if you wanna, let's say you wanna jump, turn. If you wanna jump and turn to the right, and then you see an enemy on your left, you can't necessarily you can't use like the right stick, um, which would be on your know, modern day controller in 2019 and all that. You can't use the right controller to then aim at a specific enemy. You have to use the left stick to control not just where you move, but where you also aim. And I found that within about five minutes or so of playing this game i'd actually gotten kind of used to it because the controls still feel kind of decent in that way granted if i had played this on the playstation one back in the day and it had been uh you know just using the directional buttons that seems more awkward to me but to me in general using the directional using the d-pad to um you know, to play platformer games and that sort of stuff, I, I sometimes find difficult in general anyway, but that's just me, I suppose. Like, some people have said, oh, we uh, prefer using, prefer playing uh, the Crash and Spiral remakes, the, the Insane Trilogy and the, and the new uh, Reignited Trilogy with the D-pad. I could never really get to grips with it with that, and just being more of, you know, a modern-day gamer and all that, um, I much preferred to just use the analog stick. I felt like I had so much more control, and, you know, you got the whole three, 360 degrees thing as well. Um, the interesting thing about when you play this with the PS4 controller, you know, with the adapter and that, it doesn't really use the 360 degrees. It's kind of like using a D-pad, like the same configuration of a D-pad, but with a analog stick. So if you point your character to the left and then you want to aim slightly up, for example, it won't do that unless you actually aim up. So if you're doing some sort of diagonal thing with your analog stick, which is... What I was kind of doing when I was moving from left to up or down or whatever, because that's just the way that I was using the analog stick. It the character's movement and the aim, I suppose, because that's how you're aiming your uh, weapon, whatever you have in this game. Um, the little star things that you shoot out, or whatever. It didn't do that until you fully push the analog stick forward, which I found kind of interesting as well. And you've got to take into fact that, like, when you're jumping off of certain platforms and onto certain platforms, and you're jumping. Because uh, you can also kind of jump off of walls in this game as well, where like you jump up and then you you're sort of next to a wall. You won't like t- 
touch it necessarily. You're sort of like be on the wall and you'll kind of be sliding down a little bit. It it kind of depends where you're jumping and um and that sort of stuff. Uh, you can sort of jump off the wall as well, and then you have to aim and shoot, and that's all done with your left analog stick. And I I feel like it's actually surprisingly decent to play in uh, 2019. So I thought that was pretty good as well. Um, all right, what I'm going to do now is turn down this volume slightly, um, and I'm going to play uh, some audio from the game. So let me just sort this out, and we'll be back. We'll be back in a minute. Alright, so this is a video that's uh, 16 minutes long, we're not going to watch the whole thing obviously, this is where I'm going to get into some more commentary type of stuff. Um, and you'll be able to hear the game and maybe you'll like recognise it from back in the day, maybe you'll get a little bit of nostalgia. Uh, we'll see how this goes. So I'm loading YouTube now, and it says the world's, uh, world's 1 to 3, which it says is 16 minutes. Um, which is interesting as well, but we're just going to take a look at the start of the game. Okay, that's the PlayStation 1 startup, obviously. Baron Aloha, a black shadow threatening the safety of peaceful worlds, an evil scientist who frightens All right, I'm actually going to skip the intro here, so bear with me. Okay, world one of one. Okay, one of the interesting things about this as well, you can also jump off of certain enemies, like he just did there at the start. Um, it's also kind of a cool jumping mechanic where uh, you can sort of do like a mid-hop, I suppose, almost like a double jump. Um, in terms of this game's graphics as well, it doesn't look too bad. Uh, I don't know if this is off the PS1 classic, or if this is from... It says PS1 in this video, so maybe it was through a a capture card of some kind um, and yeah you basically have to go around and collect all these like carrot sort of things and yeah even with how stiff the controls can seem with this because you're moving very kind of sharply it still works a surprising amount, which is quite Um, and yeah, if, if you could make, I'm just gonna pause it here. If you could make a game like this in 2019, and maybe even still have the same kind of controls, but like just do them with modern technology and stuff, I think it would work uh, quite well. Actually, I think that um, I don't know if like it would be sort of a massive hit, but I do think that with Certain platformers making a comeback, like with you know, uh, Spyro and Crash, and obviously Mario's been out there for years anyway. That this would fit, this would fit quite nicely and quite refreshingly as well. Um, a game like this, you could also probably put on the Switch, which I think would be good. Um, Grider is quite a short game. I think there's only three worlds. Um, j just for reference, I only played the first world of this, but I played enough of it to where I could, or I felt like I could talk about it. So, um, all right, let's take a quick break. Actually, we'll be right back. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. 
So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, because this is going to be released around Christmas time, roughly, or at some point in December, I don't know what we're going to be doing. So instead of me guessing like what I do with season 2, which might have gotten a bit annoying, I simply say that you know we got coverage for different TV shows, video games and films, different film reviews. We've got a gaming talk podcast, of course. Uh, we've got podcasts for The Walking Dead and the DC shows and some of the other things as well. And by the time you hear this... Uh, it should have come out, but we are going to be doing the Witcher series, so look out for our podcast for those as well. Uh, we're hoping to also do podcasts for The Watchmen, uh, the HBO series, and for, uh, what's the other one with W? Uh, yeah, the, the, the Watchmen and The Witcher series for HBO and for Netflix. And I'm hoping to do a solo podcast for American Horror Story this season coming up, which I think is season 9. I'll let you guys know, of course, in the preview podcast. Um... It's supposed to be more of a slasher-based series, and with you know, uh, slasher itself coming back, Scream coming back finally after like two plus years or whatever. I wanted to kind of jump in and see what American Horror Story would have for a slasher season. So whether that is still happening or not happening, that's what we would have planned to do. Uh, but yes, TV, TV, film, and uh, TV, video game coverage, and um, yeah, TV, film, and video game coverage. You can check out on Entertainment Talk. Because of course in the week that this comes out I don't know what else we'll be releasing necessarily But that's roughly what we'll have around that time uh, In between now and when this podcast comes out So check out all that stuff on entertainmenttalk.org But yeah Jumpin' Flash was still a fun game I still think that um, they came out with kind of a cool concept One of the other things I wanted to talk about as well Was um, I do wonder in Um in 2019, if you had this cat, this let's say you kept the character the same again, going back to concept of what would this game be like in 2019? This thing's got like a uh, what is that? That's like a bunny sort of rabbit thing for for a face. It's kind of again because it's a robot, it looks a bit different. I wonder if you'd have to change that to something a bit more relevant in modern day. Um, Now I can't recall how popular rabbits were necessarily in 1995. Or if there was more of a story reason that I'm not remembering as to why they've got thing. It's not called jumping like rabbit or something. It's called jumping flash. Uh, So I'm wondering if you could change that to... I don't know. Something that's just a bit more relevant to like 2019. The thing is it doesn't quite matter so much. Because you're in first person you won't see the character. Um, but I'm wondering in terms of like promotion and the box art and all that stuff, sort of stuff, if it would work in 2019. I think it would. I think it would do all right. This game. I think it would do pretty good, and it would be a good game for like you know, the, the, like it would be a family friendly game. Again, you could probably put something like this on the Switch, which would be good for that audience. Obviously, PC, PC PS4, Xbox One, all that kind of thing. I think it would do pretty well. So, um, yeah, that's roughly everything I kind of wanted to say 
on uh, Jumping Flash. There is a Jumping Flash 2 as well. Um, I don't think there was a number 3. So you've got that as well. I don't know much about Jumping Flash 2, but we're here to talk about the first one. So, um, yeah, let me know. Did you guys play Jumping Flash back in the day? Did you play it on the, on the PlayStation Classic? Or do you still have a PlayStation 1 laying around that uh, you could play Jumping Flash on? Uh, if you fancy a bit of a nostalgia trip, obviously... You can, whichever way is cheaper to do, either buy a classic and the adapter and use the PS4 controller, or if you've already got a PS1, buy the game for PlayStation 1 and uh, play the game on there. Because um, yeah, it was pretty good to go back and kind of revisit. As I said, I remembered some of it. I don't recall playing it so much, because one of the things that was surprising to me when I started playing this as well, and I thought like, oh, I can use the right stick and sort of, and sort of, you know, strafe while I was shooting kind of thing, uh, but you couldn't do that. Um, you can sort of set your character up to where, like, if you're jump, especially if you're jumping on something, like bouncing and jumping off of something and shooting it, it helps them because your character's aim will automatically point downwards. Um, but I sort of found this rhythm uh, earlier on in the game where I could sort of, it, it's a little bit tank controls esque this, where like you you could sort of walk forward a bit, you could uh, you could aim left and right and shoot and stuff, but you couldn't move forward necessarily as you were doing that. Um, and the ability to sort of find the rhythm with that as well, uh, it sort of clicked a lot better than what I thought I would. It, I thought it would, and that was that was pretty good as well. So uh, it's also a lot of like fun platforming here. There's some platforms you can and can't reach if you jump from certain platforms as well like you can reach every platform but you can't reach every platform from like anywhere i suppose uh and you can sort of challenge yourself that way and see if you can get some other stuff and as we sort of almost saw in the the video that i just played because uh, i stopped it before the the bonus level thing um there's like this bonus level where you can rack up other points and stuff and and that sort of stuff's pretty cool so yeah i i enjoyed jumping flash it was a pretty fun game and uh, I didn't finish it, so maybe I could go back and finish it off one day. Who knows? So I don't have my PlayStation Classic anymore, so um, I'll see if I can play it again one day or something. But um, yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, let me know what you guys think of Jumping Flash. You can do so by emailing Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's the contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, there's Patreon, patreon.com, for, uh, we're on Patreon, I don't need to say the whole link, just look for us on there, there's links obviously in your show notes as well. Uh, Amazon affiliate link, if you want to shop on there, we'll get a small cut, it won't cost you anything extra, so that's a good way to, to support us through the Amazon affiliate link. Uh, social media, uh, sorry, iTunes feed, you can also rate, review and subscribe to those. Uh, if you don't want to review the feed, you can just rate it, scroll down and press the style rating thing. That will get sent to sent to iTunes for me to check later on, I suppose. Uh, so you can do that as well. Word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Um, maybe you want to go to work or something and say, hey, do you guys remember this jumping flash thing? Here's a podcast for it. I don't know. I don't know how you'd pitch it to someone or whatever, but uh, let them know about all the TV, TV, video game and film coverage uh, that we do as well. Uh, here on entertainmenttalk.org um yeah and lastly of course uh yeah share them on facebook retweet them on twitter all that good stuff put them in facebook groups if you're allowed to um and yeah lastly if you want to watch us play different video games me and david stream on twitch robert streams on mixer thanks for listening and i will go and record episode two (laughs) now uh or tomorrow Uh, i'm gonna get this season finished by the end of this week because it won't take me quite so long to do because i've already consumed some of the content i need to do so anyway thank you for listening and i'll see you for the next classic reviews goodbye